Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for Therapeutics Thursday's podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity to listen in as members sit down to discuss what's new and ongoing in the world of therapeutics. If you are an ASHP member, you will also have the opportunity to earn continuing education for listening to this episode. Stay tuned to the end of the episode for more information. My name is Christy Jen, and I'm a clinical pharmacy manager at Mayo Clinic, Arizona. Our guests today are Cassandra Votruba, Madeline Hudson, and Janice Steven, all of whom are clinical specialist pharmacists at Mayo Clinic, Arizona. Additionally, we have Brian Masters, who is a medical science liaison, who will also provide you a disclosure at this point. In this episode, we will be discussing careers in transplant pharmacy. Brian, would you like to provide your disclosure now? Yes, thank you. My name is Brian Masters. I'm a medical science liaison for Veloxus Pharmaceuticals. I'd just like to state that the comments and opinions expressed in this presentation are solely mine and are not necessarily those of my employer. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian, and welcome, everyone. So let's begin with our first topic. Janice and Madeline, what is a solid organ transplant pharmacist? Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Um, So one of the things that we talk about when we want to talk about transplantation is the governing bodies that are associated with transplant. And here in the States, it is the OPTN, which is Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network, as well as CMS, which is the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare. Um, These two governing bodies are really who who hold the policies or who make the policies that are relevant for transplant and all of the members associated with transplantation. And one of the requirements that they have is for a expert in transplant pharmacology to be a part of the transplant team. So solid organ transplant pharmacist is the unique specialist on the transplant team that provides the pharmacologic expertise in the um, area of transplantation. And when we talk about um, transplant, there's really different phases of transplant that we can get into later. One of the requirements by CMS is for the pharmacist to be involved in all the phases of care, which are the pre-transplant, so we are part of the evaluation process, as well as the perioperative post-transplant period, which is their post-transplant hospitalization, as well as the discharge and post-transplant phase, which is discharge planning and um, any any questions that come up after transplant. To kind of add on to what Janice has already stated, um, she mentioned um, CMS and OPTN kind of being the main kind of governing bodies. The interesting thing is, is we're one of the few clinical specialists within pharmacy where we are mandated to be a part of the transplant team in order for a team or in order for a program to operate as a transplant program. CMS is a little bit more vague in that um, requirement. It doesn't necessarily have to be a pharmacist, but it does need to be someone who provides pharmacology services. That could be a physician, APP, or PA, but I think we'd all probably agree that a pharmacist would um, be 
the best person probably to provide those services from from a pharmacist perspective versus OPTNs a little bit more specific. Um, and they actually state that you should have a clinical transplant pharmacist um, providing those services and they must be licensed and um, have experience in transplant pharmacology. And then just in terms of kind of what a transplant pharmacist is, it's really just a person providing expert care for our transplant patients throughout their entire transplant process, all the way from kind of their pre-transplant evaluation stage through like their perioperative period into their post-transplant care. And our job is to essentially best serve that patient from a pharmaceutical perspective and to help assist our teams um, throughout that process as well. Thank you so much. So in addition to what you've mentioned um, previously, what role does the inpatient transplant pharmacist look like? Could you provide uh, more details on that? Absolutely. So to start, we really want to think about transplant pharmacy across the United States. And so what pharmacists do within an organization on the East Coast might look very different compared to what's being done on the West Coast. And that's just a situation of how different healthcare systems run and everything else. And so what our job is, is really dependent on the area that we practice in. And But fundamentally, we provide a kind of set area of care to our patients. So from an inpatient perspective, we're going to be having rounding responsibilities. So for most transplant pharmacists, we're going to be with a multidisciplinary team doing tabletop rounds at the very least, oftentimes also physically rounding with the team afterwards, seeing patients on the inpatient side. So going bedside, rounding with them. Some pharmacists even provide some routine examinations. Others do more of just a passive there for questions and answers type of a situation. You are there as kind of the medication expert for the medical team. So they're asking questions on what types of immunosuppression medications should we be using? What doses should we be starting with? How should we be adjusting those medications based upon levels? We're also looking at their antibiotics that they are on or the antimicrobials in general. Are they the right antimicrobials for their current status based upon maybe the serologies of themselves, maybe the serologies of their donors? Do their donors have donor infections that might be um, transceived over to the recipient that we need to take into consideration? So we're looking at all of those medications and making sure that they're appropriate for the patient based upon where they are at in that moment as well as long term. We're also looking at them as a holistic patient. So are are there medications that are kind of outside of that transplant sphere that we also need to be considering? So do they have diabetes? Is that being appropriately managed? Do they have a thyroid disorder? Has that been appropriately resumed? Does it need to be dose adjusted now that maybe they've received a transplant and their volume of distribution is 30 kilograms lighter because they have um, diuresed off a ton of extra fluid, that type of a thing. So making sure that we're really looking at the patient as holistically as possible while being a great resource for the medical staff team that we are working with. Sandra, that's excellent. I'll just jump in and add to that is that, you know, pharmacists are certainly the pharmacology experts, and that brings a great deal of strength to the team. I'd say one of the unique things that I see across the United States that covers so many centers is the pharmacists really serve also as the logistic experts. Um, once the team has created sort of the the care plan, regardless of the institution, it seems to be that the pharmacist is heavily integrated into that process and understands how that care plan can come to be executed and executed effectively for the patient. 
some of the other things that we are responsible for are if you know we have a patient that comes in crashing or it is determined that a patient needs an urgent inpatient evaluation we are there to uh, conduct those evaluations and to um, do the evaluations for that as well as uh, provide post-transplant education, um, plus or minus pillbox fills. Sometimes, you know, we just coordinate with the nurse coordinators in that um, aspect of doing pillbox fills and education just to make sure the patient has no other questions or the patient's family members don't ever, or caregivers have other questions. Um, also, some other differences between how different people practice is either they, um, stay in one organ or they rotate between um, the different organ groups and inpatient as well as outpatient. So that is another difference um, in different styles of the way uh, people practice around the country. Thank you. Um, and so conversely, what, uh, what does the role of an outpatient transplant pharmacist look like? So I'll just kind of build upon what Janice was saying. So um, some some teams are very fortunate to have like a, their own dedicated outpatient team. And then others, they may practice in a model where they kind of go between inpatient and outpatient. It just kind of depends on the hospital and how they practice and what works best for that particular group. Um, but for those transplant centers that maybe have a dedicated outpatient team, um, they may have one or potentially multiple transplant pharmacists in that setting, um, potentially covering either just depending on the organs that, that that transplant center does. It could just be one organ or they could be rotating amongst different organ groups. This is really nice because it allows those pharmacists to really focus on optimizing care in that outpatient setting. So that's um, one particular benefit of having a dedicated outpatient team. Um, and then it also allows those pharmacists to be able to further expand their services in those settings and offer things such as pharmacy consult visits or potentially develop CPAs where um, if that's allowed in their particular state that they're practicing in. Um, but that may not always be the case at every transplant center. They may have a shared individual pharmacist who potentially rotates between different clinics or is maybe like on the kidney clinic for three days of the week, liver for two days a week, or, and maybe they cover some cardiothoracic. Um, you might have a pharmacist who's potentially mostly inpatient, who is only physically present in clinic one to two days, and then just answers outpatient questions as they come up um, while they're managing an inpatient service. Um, and then I would say in some kind of higher volume outpatient centers, it may look more like chart reviews and simply reaching out to providers as they're able to see, um, or as those providers are seeing patients in clinic and answering kind of patient and provider questions and coordinator questions as they emerge throughout the day. So kind of add on to that, outpatient pharmacists have the opportunity to really kind of meet the needs of their specific organization, which is really fantastic. So there's a lot of avenues to be able to create new um, streams of service available to the providers and to the patients. I know I've seen outpatient pharmacists set up a BK or a CMV clinic where they basically manage specific disease states for all of their patients that meet that. And so those patients are getting very special 
individualized, very guided care with their dosing regimens, with their frequency of monitoring to make sure that we're preventing some of those bigger issues with drug resistance, refractory infections, those types of things. Um, we also have some pharmacists are able to kind of assist with some of those more complex medications. So a patient pharmacist might be helping with prior authorizations for medications or access for difficult to receive medications out in the clinic area. So transplant has a lot of different medications that are not always the easiest to get. They might be patient specific. They might have a very unique ordering program through the distributor. And so outpatient pharmacists can often help facilitate that process for providers or for social workers, depending upon the, how the team is set up at that institution. Another thing that they can also be responsible for is um, if patients oftentimes have questions about other medications that they want to start or herbal supplements or um, over-the-counters, even prescription medications that, you know, if they're five, 10 years out of transplant and their primary care physician wants to provide them a medication, um, we ask them to check with us first to make sure that there's no clinically significant drug interactions that we have to worry about. A lot of patients, you know, especially when they're further out and they're not as sick as they once were pre-transplant, um, they start thinking that they can take, you know, various herbal supplements and, you know, things like that they hear on TV. So it's 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 nice to be a resource for them to be able to provide um, that expertise of, no, this is not a, a drug interaction that we can deal with. I would not recommend this, or this can actually in boost up your immune system. So I would avoid this, um, or this is okay to take. We just have to adjust this and that. So we're available for those kinds of questions too. And then another, I guess, service that potentially um, could be offered, whether it be in person or via a chart review in the outpatient setting, is looking at the pharmacy evaluations for transplant. So this is a required step in the actual process for listing for transplant for patients. So during this process, the pharmacist would look at their patient's pertinent past medical information, like what's the cause of their in-organ disease, what current medications they're taking, um, any allergies, vaccine history, serologies, adherence history. Um, we'll look at things like PDMP history and, you know, potentially offer recommendations to um, send that patient for a consult to like pain management or psych. Um, or potential potentially provide recommendations like um, this patient may benefit from like a multimodal pain regimen on the post-transplant side to reduce their opioid burden post-transplant. Um, so there's a lot of potential considerations that we look at as we're evaluating a patient so that we make sure that we're optimizing their care um, before they're transplanted and having those conversations up front about potential concerns or the best way to tailor someone's immunosuppression post-transplant um, that would be best for them. So it sounds like there's definitely a, um, several different roles that our clinical transplant pharmacists play. And I know I've, I've been exposed to it, I think, having interacted with our, our clinical specialists here. But curious to hear about your journey, Brian, what other potential avenues can you pursue with a career as a clinical transplant pharmacist? Thank you so much for that question. So although there is a multitude of different opportunities um, outside of the standard clinical specialist role, um, one such um, opportunity that I have taken is that moving into industry, pharmaceutical industry. I currently work as a medical science liaison, and a lot of times it's like 
what does a medical science liaison do? And I think in reality, it really kind of distills down into a couple of items. The first is that really you're sort of the master based on your training and your expertise in your area at hopefully being able to communicate complex scientific and medical information to a variety of different stakeholders. So those who are considered experts within that field or those who are new to that field, depending. We've seen a lot of turnover, obviously, in the field uh, post-pandemic. Additionally to this, we are sort of the eyes and the ears and the mouth of our uh, company. And so we're out there really building strong, long-lasting relationships. And, and through all of this, what we're really seeking to do is get feedback about what's going on in the field. So in this case, transplantation or sort of adjacent areas. And then also if there's critique or feedback or any issues with the medication that we're supporting or a lack of understanding about that medication, we try to collect that as well. Now there's a lot of regulation within the pharmaceutical industry, as you all know. And because of that, you also sort of have an enhanced understanding of that. And so you start to get that legal understanding, but also what the back and forth communication looks like with the FDA through some type of pharmaceutical development process. And all of those things, you know, are skill sets that we used a lot within uh, transplant pharmacy. So I uh, had a fortunate opportunity that following my pharmacy training, I was able to match for a PGY-1 experience at the University of Alabama in Birmingham. And one of the unique things about that program is there is a lot of transplantation done there. Prior to my PGY-1 experience, I had very little uh, transplant pharmacy exposure, just a very brief lecture in pharmacy school. And so, okay, that seemed interesting, but uh, I didn't really think that would be something that I'd end up in. However, through my PG-1 experience, I really opened my eyes that, hey, this seems like a phenomenal role. As we've talked about through this podcast, we work on the inpatient side. We work on the outpatient side. We work on transfers of care. We work in the critical care area. And we're also intimately involved with admin administration as well, because a lot of the drugs we're trying to to utilize our high cost medications. So all of these things appeal to me greatly. I went on to complete a PGY2 at University of Maryland, and then I stayed on there after a little bit to uh, sort of have my career there. I had the unique experiences of being a PGY2 residency director, as well as clinical transplant pharmacy manager at my institution. All these things helped sort of integrate me throughout my system, connect me across the field. And when I was looking to move across the country, I was um, able to make this transition into pharmaceutical industry. And with that, I really feel like I'm being challenged with a new set of um, tasks. And uh, it really has also allowed me to meet such wonderful people such as all of you today, which I really just wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity or ability to do in my previous role. So thank you so much for that question. Of course. So Thank you so much, Brian, for sharing your journey. And so for the rest of the group, could you talk about how does one pursue a career in solid organ transplant pharmacy? So I, I think it's definitely a field that's a little bit more niche and a little harder to get into just simply because um, for, I guess, for those students that are listening, um, you may not be fully aware of all the avenues that are available to you within pharmacy uh, as you may not be exposed to them through school. But especially for solid organ transplant, um, you may have only gotten like a brief lecture in school um, related to immunosuppression. So I would really encourage you to seek out those kind of oddball opportunities uh, um, as rotation opportunities as they pop up. Um, this is honestly how I kind of 
went onto the track of solid organ transplant as a career for myself. Um, when I was a student at the University of Mississippi, um, I did have the opportunity to complete a, trans a, a solid organ transplant rotation as a student, and it was mostly an outpatient rotation, but this is kind of what first gave me that first look into what this career would look like and got me really interested in the patient population. So I would really encourage you um, to really pursue all those potential rotation opportunities that may be a little bit more unique because you never know what may spike your interest. But that's a really good first way to kind of get your feet wet um, in terms of knowing if this is something that you're interested in. And then I understand that depending on what, where you're completing your pharmacy school, you may not have the opportunity to have a rotation experience in solid organ transplant, but you always do have the opportunity to network and kind of seek out opportunities to either shadow or potentially work on a quality project or a research project with a current clinical transplant pharmacist. So it's really just trying to build those connections so you can um, get connected with the right people to be able to have those opportunities. So if you're not able to do a rotation, you think this is something that you may be interested in, I would encourage you to try to make those connections and um, reach out to either clinical transplant pharmacists or transplant providers to um, be able to um, obtain that experience. To kind of build upon that, if you don't have a transplant center near you or near your school of pharmacy, there are other avenues that you can also pursue to get to kind of immerse yourself into the transplant field. So advocacy is something that you can do even as a student becoming affiliated with an organization that has a transplant focus or a subsection, depending on the organization. ASHP has a transplant subsection. So there's lots of opportunities to start to look into the transplant field in a lot of different avenues, even if you don't have easy access within the organization or the school that you're currently a part of. Once you've got your feet wet and you know I'm interested in transplant, completing a PGY-1 at a institution that has a transplant rotation in it is a great way to truly know if this is the right fit for you. Transplant is unique. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Those of us that are here truly love it and love the hard days, even with the good days. Um, other people, it might not quite be the right fit, and that is 100% okay. But you want to have that PGY-1 experience to say, yes, I want to basically devote my interest and my area of expertise for most of my career in this spectrum. Obviously, you can choose to deviate farther into your career and go into a different specialty or go a little bit more broad. But if you're going to really focus in on transplant, you're most likely also going to need to complete a PGY-2 in solid organ transplant. And then you kind of have the opportunity to do whatever you want with your career. So you can choose to be inpatient. You can choose to be outpatient. You can look for a model that has a mixture of both. Um, you also kind of have to ask yourself, most organizations, it's split where it's either above the diaphragm or below the diaphragm in terms of the organs that you're covering. So really during that time of residency, figuring out what area of transplant you enjoy working with, what organ, inpatient versus outpatient, that kind of a thing. 
you guys covered so much of it. Maybe I'll just jump in and add a, a touch of, you know, I think the first step is obviously listening to this wonderful podcast. You know, you're hearing some names here of people to potentially reach out to if you have questions about it. Um, and I think a lot of what we're talking about too is sort of the traditional role, right? Like pharmacy, PGY, or excuse me, pharmacy student, PGY1, PGY2, right? Then I, I'm going to make this jump. But there's a lot of people I see out there who are working in different parts of the country who are really interested in this and also might have a trans program popping up at their center. And I would encourage those considering that who have some, some time in the, the practice um, to maybe consider additional uh, specialty certification. So there is the Solid Organ Transplantation Pharmacy Specialty Certification, or BCTXP. It is something that I would recommend for those, obviously, who are specialized in that area or those looking to become experts in that area, preparing for that examination and hopefully obtaining um, that certification would definitely qualify one to be um, an expert in that area. So our last question for the group, and I'm, I'm really excited to kind of hear your own perspectives. What are your favorite parts to working as a transplant clinical specialist or with solid organ transplant patients? I think the thing I like the most about working as a transplant clinical specialist is the truly multidisciplinary experience I have with our transplant team. Um, I feel like every member on the team is actually truly valued and everybody's opinion is taken into consideration and matters when we talk about our pre-transplant selection conference. Everybody has a voice. Everybody gets to meet the patient and discuss what their opinion is about the patient's candidacy on the in on the inpatient side of things. You know, we're really looked at as the expert in all things medication related. So when we discuss is this medication a viable option for this patient? We're looking at it from a multifactorial point of view. You know, we're looking at our transplant social worker to see can they afford this medication? We're looking at our infectious disease colleagues to say is this the best, is this the most appropriate antibiotic to choose from? We're looking at our nurse coordinator to say, hey, I need repeat labs and levels um, in two to three weeks and it, it is truly a multidisciplinary experience and you are so respected on the team. Um, so that is definitely my favorite part. I personally love that we are working with a patient population that truly puts us in the gray space of medicine, of pharmacy. And so if you think of a lot of other areas of expertise, you have these hundreds of thousands of patient drug trials that are happening. You have all of this data. And if you look at the transplant population relatively, there's so little data that is available. And you might have different guidelines or different recommendations, but it's all kind of not the strongest guidance. And maybe that recommendation isn't graded very well type of a thing. And so you're working in this gray space where you have a little bit of guidance but you're also using a lot of your clinical experience and knowledge that you have built up over the years to try to make the best decision possible for this patient subset. And so sometimes it's it's this complex conversation with your providers of 
well, the little data we have says this, but because of X, Y, and Z parameters of this patient specific with this drug interaction that's happening, you're starting to kind of add on all of these different complex layers about this patient and formulating a thought process that's very unique and very specialized for that patient specifically. And so being able to constantly push our minds intellectually to grow and develop more of this knowledge and be able to really help form these complex ideas and concepts for these patients and provide that high acuity care at such a distinct level is really fun and exciting. And then to have a learner come on as a preceptor and be able to help them kind of circumnavigate that gray space with you and then start to see them think a little bit more critically in other areas Well, where it's like, well, the, the guideline says this, but is that the best option for our patient? Like, yes, we always want to be thinking about what we have as guideline recommendations, but is there something else we also need to be considering? And so I, I love that as a transplant pharmacist, being able to work in that gray space all the time. I 100% agree with you, Cassandra. And I guess just to build more on like the unique patient population aspect of it, um, from my perspective, I find it just an extremely rewarding experience. And I think that there's just something special in the fact that you get to follow these patients through their whole entire spectrum of care, um, starting with their presentation with end-stage organ disease through the transplant itself. And you really get a chance to see how their lives transform and develop um, in that post-transplant setting. Um, and it's it's just a unique field where you have the potential to see that whole journey. And it's not just like a snippet um, where you're just seeing them like in that inpatient setting um, for an infection or something like that. So I, I just think it's interesting to kind of just see the whole journey um, and to be on that journey with our patients. Uh, for me, this is Brian. I'll just sort of contrast that to my current day to day. And really the the two things that sort of come to mind for me are the team. So first, the team being here with you guys today, it just reminds me, you know, it's it's really exciting to work with a, with a team of motivated people committed to sort of one goal. And you really get that in transplantation. And I'd say the, the second thing that stands out to me is sort of that direct patient care. I don't think you'll find a more thankful population, both the patient, their family, and you also have to think about the gift. You know, in many circumstances, someone has passed away to receive this um, this gift of life. And so the, the ability to be involved in that and sort of at the patient's level, directly there, you know, committed equally, hopefully, as they are to getting the best out of this is really something that is um, sort of the best reward one can get, I think, in working in the field. That was such a great last point, Brian, for this podcast. And and just want to thank all of our um, interviewees for a great topic and discussion. That's really all the time we have today. For our ASHP members, you can find additional resources and earn free continuing education for listening to this episode by visiting elearning.ashp.org forward slash podcast. Please note that continuing education credit expires two years after the date this episode is published. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to ASHP Official through your favorite podcast provider and see you next time. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. 
you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.